Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com It's the start of your sporting weekend. This is Sports Talk. Good evening and welcome to our weekly look at local sport with me, Jason Harrison, and Tim Morris. Well, it's been a sad week for Mantletown fans with the news of the passing of legend Johnny Miller. In tonight's Sports Talk, we'll look back at his time at the Stags in his own words and the thoughts of teammate Mick Saxby. Meanwhile, on the pitch, the Stags' unbeaten run came to an end with a loss at Plymouth that nobody could really argue about. Boss Adam Murray was not a fan of his new vantage point in the director's box for the game due to a touchline ban. Hated every second of it. Um, felt a little bit out of control, even though I trust Mickey and Coops in, in being down there. It's... Um, really silly when the, the, the whistle goes you, you've got to rely on your players no matter really where you're sitting on the stand but it felt a little bit um, a loose end it, it was tough Also in tonight's show we'll find out how nerve-wracking the ladies team's County Cup win on Sunday was for manager Lewis Saxby There's nothing football including the surprise departure of Clipston boss Jazz Colliver and we'll find out what's been happening this week in ice hockey for the Nottingham Panthers and Sheffield Steelers There's usual nonsense including Morris's Minute Moan and the Sports Talk predictor whilst we've also this week's winners in the Mansell Weekly Prize draw All that's more to come between now and seven so let's get underway with sports talk 5.33 on this Friday evening. Good evening to everyone out there across Mansfield, Ashfield and Bowles over in the studio with me, Tim Morris and Dave Rose. Good evening, guys. Good evening, Jason. evening, Jason. We'll talk ice hockey very shortly, Certainly. Dave. It's been another exciting week and there's a, a massive weekend coming up. But, uh, uh, Tim, let's uh, talk a little bit uh, about your week. How's your, how's your week been so far? Well, it was terrific until the sad news about Johnny Miller. Mm. You have to I think say it somebody everybody for six yesterday, because a, a, of course, he was no age in, in today's society. You know, 65 is nothing, obviously and you know, he's somebody you grew up with sort of Stags fans of my era and he was part of you know the great team the team that got us third division uh, title and championship to get us into the second division the second tier of English football for the only time in the Stags history you know and, and he was one or two people strangely for me on message boards have been saying was he really a Stags legend I'm so sorry any player in that team was a Stags mm. legend it have, have to be to get you into the second division you know the championship as is now got to be a legend surely yeah well we'll talk more about Johnny Miller after 6 o'clock when we go into our Stags part of our programme plenty of other things to talk yeah. about as we go between now and 7 o'clock in fact it has been one of those busy days in the world of sports so let's find out what's been going on <laughs> And we start with Mansell Town, who will hold a minute's silence before tomorrow's game at home to Dagenham and Redbridge for Johnny Miller, the legendary winger who was part of the side which reached the second tier of English football in the 1970s, died yesterday at the age of 65. Stags players will also wear black armbands for the game. One of Johnny's teammates, Mick Saxby, told us he was a vital part of his side's success. I don't think he took football 100% serious, because if he had it done, he could have played right at the top level. He was well built, he was stocky, there was not many full-backs knocked him off the ball, could be either foot stronger on his right, I think you've seen going down the right hand side just crossing balls just a great great player and, and a great bloke as well Fellow League 2 club Bristol Rovers have been bought by a Jordanian family while Al-Khadi has taken a 92% stake in the League 2 side and becomes the club's president the outgoing board says negotiations have been going on since September and the new owners have the money needed to take the club forward Further afield Manchester United manager Louis van Gaal admits his team are in a difficult moment they are embarrassingly beaten 2-1 by Danish team Michelland in the first leg of the Europa League last 32 tie last night. Goalkeeper David De Gea missed the game after being injured in the warm-up making it 13 players unavailable at the moment and Van Gaal says it sums up their luck. I think uh, it's the law of uh, Murphy. I have to make a lineup that every week another lineup, more or less. So that is not uh, contributing much more confidence. In local non-league, Jazz Colliver says it was a difficult decision for him to quit as manager of Clipston. It was announced last night he'd left the NCL Premier Division side to become boss at Evo Stick League outfit Sheffield. Jason Truscott will take over in the dugout in the meantime. Colliver's thanked everyone at the Cobras but says he had to go to further his career and challenge himself at a higher level. In ice hockey, new Nottingham Panthers signings Kevin Quick and Franklin McDonald are set to make their debuts tonight in the Elite League game at Belfast. The two defencemen have spent most of their week travelling since agreeing to join 
on Monday. They finally arrived in the UK after big delays. Quick got stuck in a snow blizzard in a journey from South Carolina in America to Toronto in Canada. Yeah, I was stuck on the highway standstill for eight hours, so <laughs> a 12-hour drive turned into almost 24. It wasn't uh, it wasn't fun. And we realized that at the airport. We were like, oh, what are we, like, what's the plans? What's going on? And then we were like, I think we're in Belfast tomorrow. So that's another flight. So yeah, it's uh, a lot of travel. That's your Mansfield 103.2 Sports Update. Tony Delahunty is back with your local news at the top of the hour. So plenty to talk about over the next uh, hour and a half or so. Uh, let's go through those, Tim. First of all, Bristol Rovers now got foreign owners. Yeah. Is that something to be worried about? They can't really do much now this season, this can season, they? this obviously, yeah. It's been and gone. You know, they've had a fairly decent season. They haven't they anywhere without that. I wouldn't say it's anything to be worried about, but I'm sort of liking it to uh, Fulham, if you like, and mm. their rise... Up, up the divisions. You know, I can remember when Staggering League Two played them. You know, not yeah. so long ago, and then a bit of money. Mohamed El Fayad, and, and they they took off. So it, it could happen. You know, there's precedents for it. Blackburn as well. They obviously they were slightly high up the uh, run when money was poured in, and they got to the to Premier League and winning the Premier League and playing in Europe. Why not? Bristol has got a massive, massive catchment area. I, I know there's two teams in the city, of course, but that, there is in Manchester, Liverpool, Birmingham. Well, there's more than two, obviously. Mm. So there's nothing to stop them. You know, it, it would take. You know, have, have a new ground though clearly mm. if, if they've got ambitions yeah. to get uh, to the very top I would begin to see this at League 2 now then because you talk about foreign investment happening in the Premier yes. League and in the Championship yeah. but Crawley there are rumours that foreign investors are going to take over at Crawley yeah. uh, Yeovil's now up for sale so That's that right. could Somebody be another could, could one go there, yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised at Bristol Rose as I said because it's a city club and a big mm. city if you like you know, with a massive catchment area really big fan base a chance to grow and expand you'd be surprised wouldn't you if somebody put money into Crawley and yeah. seriously thought they were going to get into the Premier League for instance but it's definitely somewhere for foreign investors to look into because they've been priced out a lot of them from the clubs in the Premier League now I mean, you look at the talk, takeover talks that have been going on at Everton for instance yeah. for yeah. what seems years rather than probably probably just months because you know obviously the people who are in charge want more money than it's probably worth now so yeah why not look lower down the leagues and build but you've got to have somebody or some club rather that's got a catchment area that could support growth just a brief other things, Manchester United, Louis van Gaal, he must be on borrowed time now, surely, after yesterday. Been on it for a while, hasn't he? But every time we say that, of course, <laughs> they, they, they get one or two results and stay in the hunt for a Europa League place or even you know an outside Champions League place for next season. That's probably gone now. Mm. And everyone says, oh, I can win the FA Cup, you know, or win the Europa League, that's the Europa Cup, that's, that's probably gone, although I don't know. You never know, do you? You know, nothing surprises you in it football. It is, as he called it, uh, with all his injuries, the law of the Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, is that, is that Danny Murphy off uh, BBC's <laughs> match of the day or whatever? Yeah. I think he's already saying, oh, what are you mentioning me for? Yeah. Don't let me take the blame for it all. But supposedly Mourinho is going there anyway, he? he's yeah. telling everybody he's going, in which Might case... Well just get it over and done exactly, with now. Exactly, yeah. And, and stop all this, this talk that's going yep. on that's uh, affecting everything. And we'll also talk about Clipston and non-league football as well as we go along. Uh, but Dave Rose, ice hockey, we heard uh, there from Kevin Quick, who, like Franklin McDonald, two new Nottingham Panthers players coming from America and Canada. Uh, terrible weather over there. Uh, problems flights-wise as well. They they took a long time to get here, but should be in the side tonight at, at Belfast. It was interesting he brought those two defencemen in, Corin Nielsen. Yeah, also very interesting he let Paul Swindlehurst go to the Manchester Storm. Mm. I just hope that doesn't come back and bite on him. Uh, you know, they've had a terrible injury uh, plague season, just yeah. like a couple of clubs. I just wonder if they should have held, held on to Paul Swindlehurst a bit longer. But a good game and, and an important game. Yeah, in Belfast, it's a massive weekend coming up, isn't it? Because we've got uh, the Panthers away at Belfast. The, the, do Panthers need to win that one, do you think, to keep themselves in, in it, depending on what's coming up this weekend? Or can there be some leeway? Because points will be dropped this weekend in the, with the two teams above them. Yeah, points will be dropped. I mean, these two have met seven times already in the league, the Belfast Giants and the Panthers. Panthers have won four of those. Mm. Uh, hopefully they can make it five. Important for them now. You know, we've got nine games, ten games left there for the Panthers. They need to win as many as possible to maintain that push for, you know, the qualification. They're going to qualify for the playoffs, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but they want home advantage. So it's very important. And yes, with that game going ahead above them, you know, the Cardiff and Steelers we'll talk about in a moment. Mm. 
Yeah, they've just got to keep that momentum going. Yeah, the league table at the moment, after the midweek results, because Panthers won 2-1 at Coventry and Steelers won 4-3 at, at Manchester. That was after they, they, they came back from the international break. So the Panthers currently third in the Elite League, six points off the top. Um, Sheffield Steelers now two points behind leaders Cardiff, and they play them at home tomorrow and then in Wales on Sunday. So there are four points up for grabs by the end of the weekend. If it, things go all right for the Steelers, they, they'll be two points clear at the top. Two points clear at the top. And you can imagine if Steelers did take those four points Panthers can then catch them both up mm. so it's very important even for the Panthers for the Steelers to yeah. win but it's going to be a cracking game this weekend two vital vital games yeah, it's going to be interesting. It was also interesting to see on the Steelers' Twitter feed. Yeah, it was something like, "Yeah, we've we've now qualified for the playoffs as well." So they have done because yeah, congratulations Storm to them. Get them as well. But I think that was going to be a, a given. So it's a ba- it's a massive weekend. Uh, Nottingham Panthers. Uh, they've also got a game at home to Coventry on Saturday. So they're having to keep that going before the cer- certain small matter of a Challenge Cup semi-final. Two legs going on. Sheffield Steelers and Nottingham Panthers facing each other. Head to head on Tuesday and Wednesday. Two nights in a row, these semi finals. I mean, I know the footballers keep talking about playing each other all the time. I know they've been talking about the FA Cup this weekend and uh, Manchester City say, oh, we're going to play a, a weekend side because we've got a Champions League game in midweek. You won't get any of this in ice hockey, will you? No, seven games in 12 days. Both these teams are, are yeah. really having to. They're taking a hammering. International break couldn't have come at a better time for these players. A lot of them were real warriors and injured, parrying big injuries, really shouldn't have been on the ice. Mm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> what do you think of that Challenge Cup? Is it one of those where you just cannot see where it's going to go in those semi-finals? No, because, it, I mean, you've got to remember that Sheffield game is actually on Sheffield ice. It's not at the arena. So mm. they're playing on a smaller platform, let's put it that way. It could go either way. The big one, of course, is back at the you know, the NIC on, on Wednesday. And that's going to be a massive crowd, a bigger crowd. You know, the, the ice Sheffield is only 3,000. They're used to nearly 10,000. Yeah. So the atmosphere, the tightness of the ground... It's going so to be interesting. So you probably give Panthers a bit of a, uh, probably more of an advantage you would do normally because of the, the venues. I don't think you can call this. I think mm. it's going to be that tight this mm. year. It's going to go either way. 50-50. I wouldn't like to put my head on the chopping block this one. Interesting. So massive, massive week, as we keep saying, for our sides over the next few weeks. So we talked the last time you were in about Great Britain uh, qualification. Uh, they, they won their first two games and then lost the third against Italy. So that means it's over and done with. They're not going to the 2018 Winter Olympics. No, that seems no, very, very th- tough when they've won two of the three games. It is tough. It is, it, you yeah. know, it's a tough competition. Um, you know, we're ranked 22nd, 23rd. The Italians were ranked 18. I presume, I presume the Italians won all three games then. Yes, they did. Did, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, everybody complains about officiating, you know, the officials as well. There was a bit if few iffy calls going on there. Um, but at the end of the day, the Italians got the job done. They, you know, they mm. were clinical in front of the goal. Okay, the sixth goal was an empty net when the, the net is pulled. But I think at the it's end of the blow, day, it, yeah, it's a blow. But I, it's a young team. These mm. guys have only just really been put together. There were three or four crucial uh, injuries to people like Robert Dowd. So, you know, they've got the April, uh, the World Championship in April to look forward to. Yeah. So, so I was just asked, Dave, did you see the comments from the uh, guy in charge of the International Federation where he I, says, you know... Politics. You, <laughs> so what's about politics in this country and saying you're not easy people to deal with? <laughs> yes, I did see that. I, I'm, I'm impressed that you actually read that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very strange. You know, it's like football. You've got UEFA, you've got FIFA, you've got the different leagues. And and to get them all together to come under one umbrella is really difficult. And yes, it's all about politics, but a lot of things are. That's sport in, in this yeah. country, isn't uh, it? And we've both. seen, and we've seen, and, and see how politics have gone in in football, particularly yeah. at the moment. You know, it's under a lot of scrutiny. Mm. So, so it is a huge shame that the, the Great Britain won't be in South Korea in 2018. But hopefully, there'll be a lot of great domestic ice hockey over the coming weeks. Dave Rose, thanks very much for being with us tonight. Uh, yeah, that's my pleasure. But unfortunately, I know this isn't a request show. But tonight, I've just got to say good evening to Kylie from Nottingham. Oh, uh, what the Kylie? <laughs> the Kylie? Yes. Well, yes, she is. She is. Yes, I can't describe her. I'd be in big trouble when I get back no. to work. Anyone, yeah. anyone you want to say hello to, Tim, while we're at it? Uh, Jason Harrison, do you oh. know him? Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, know. I don't forget <laughs> Alex, who's <laughs> driving to Nottingham. Indeed, as well. <laughs> right, well, we'll end that now. It's far too pally pally. Uh, let's go for a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk uh, non league football. Uh, big news at Clipston this week. Dave Rose, once again, thanks very My much pleasure. for coming in uh, tonight. We'll talk to you every week, of course, as the rest of the ice hockey season goes. This is Sports Talk, and it is 5.46. 
Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com. Sports Talk here at Mansfield 103.2. Myself, Jason Harrison, Tim Morris uh, in the studio. Let's talk non-league football now, shall we? Uh, between now and six o'clock, more on Clipston and their uh, loss of their manager this week. Uh, first of all, they're Rainworth Miners Welfare currently on a four-match winless run, which has seen them drop to 12th in the NCL Premier Division. Tomorrow, they welcome title favourites Tagcaster to Kirklington Road as they look to get Tuesday's 6-3 loss at Thackley out of their system. Boss Julian Watts spoke to Mansfield 3.2's Gordon Foster after that game. We're not in a good place at the moment. Um, we've had quite a bad run of late. Uh, also tied into that, game's been called off. We've not played for a long time. That's no excuse for tonight, but... Um, yeah, we're, we're on a bit of a bad run and I've just said to the lads, I, I hope we've just hit the bottom of the barrel and the only way, you know, is getting out of that. Because, of course, the uh, one we've got to get out of it for is Tadcaster. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't mind things like that. I thought yeah. we competed well against Tadcaster. Uh, you know, we know what they'll be like. I think uh, we hopefully raise our game. We'll actually be on a decent pitch, which will help us. Um, and probably it's the best game for us, if I'm honest. Um, so the lads have got to regroup. They'll definitely be up for it and, you know, let's see what happens. Uh, you'd have not planned to bring back presumably on uh, Saturday yeah I mean he's, he's there and he's available I mean funnily enough tonight we've conceded six I, I, I thought the two centre-backs actually did well I mean the, the manner at which we conceded goals was absolutely ridiculous and uh uh, very, very disappointed in, in, in that. I don't really think that they troubled us that much. I thought the, the, the big lad up front did well. Uh, the right winger was decent, but nothing really that troubled us as a constant threat. But I thought that we, we, we threw too many men forward when we had the ball uh, and we just left left spaces in behind. And to be fair, the, the back four had a lot to cope with tonight and I thought they did, they did the best that they could and uh, I don't really put any blame on them. It, it must have been a bit heartbreaking as well for well Liam in particular getting the a couple of goals Liam Theakston and then seeing it all undone at the other end. Oh, that's right. It must be disappointing for strikers when that happens. And I mean, you know, even as bad as we were tonight at four three, we have a great chance to make it four apiece. And you know, you can see yourself coming out of the game with a draw and maybe going on and winning it at that point. And they go straight up the other end and score to make it five three. And we we just kept giving ourselves mountains to climb right from right from the off. We we conceded the possession early doors. They had the upper hand first five ten minutes, and, and then we give away, you know, what's a really poor goal. And, and all of a sudden, you're on the back foot. Uh, and it just it just can make you know when you come up to places like this it makes life difficult and uh, you know we uh, we didn't bounce back quickly enough and every time we did claw our way slightly back into the game we shot ourselves in the foot again and it, it, that's that was the story of the evening if I'm honest. Now looking at uh, Tadcaster on Saturday we already said a bit about them but uh, they want to be playing an awful lot on on emotion to their circumstances at the moment aren't they? Yeah yeah I mean I've, I've sort of seen been reading it on on social media and what I've been obviously it's a very very uh, tra- tragic story uh, so thoughts are with uh, with Sonny's family but um, th- you know that they'll, I'm sure they'll use that as inspiration uh, and to bring into the game and um, you know um, let's hope it's a good match and a good occasion Yeah Tadcaster there that uh, Julian was talking about one of their young uh, fans died at the age, uh, yeah. 21 I think it was uh, and uh, they've been uh, grieving over that and they've also been having flood problems and trying to get the pitch sorted and the yeah. floodlights sorted up there because the pitch was, I think was about 6 foot underwater so That's the right, fact yeah. that Tadcaster is still going for the title is amazing Amazing it's gonna, Strong club though And it's going to be a huge test for Rainworth tomorrow No wins in four yeah. Pressure's off Down to 12th It's a bit worrying It is I think the big thing that uh, he didn't mention there in, in the interview though Julian was you know midweek the lack of players if you like mm. or the unavailability of players through one reason or another some work commitment some suspension some injuries I think sometimes managers don't like to use that no, feel, and, and everyone's an in the same boat aren't they yeah well they are but you know, at that level when you're going away from home and whatever work commitments do kick in don't yep. they that is the, the big issue yeah. and, and it's definitely hit them on this occasion but reading the reports speak to Gordon you know they did okay they, they kept in the game for a while they were in touch it was just too you know in second half towards the end it slips away I'm sure they'll bounce back but you say not at Tagcaster probably Well, it's going to be an interesting one tomorrow we do have reports uh, from the game at Kirklington Road in Saturday sport uh, from uh, one tomorrow afternoon we'll also keep an eye on Clipston they're away at Cleethorpe's town but they will have uh, interim caretaker manager whatever you call them these days like interim (laughs) managers don't they but it's uh, Jason Truscott who's going to be uh, in the dugout former Stags physio that's right Uh, he's uh, there because 
because Jazz Colliver, and we know very well here, uh, left last night to go to be manager of Sheffield in the, the Evo Stick League. So he's gone yep. up a division. No brainer for him, surely. I know he said but it was a, a tough. I know he said it was a tough decision, mm. which you know, but you've got to say things like that, haven't you? And it was a shock. It was a surprise because nobody expected it. Of course, they didn't. But when you get offered a job at a higher level in football, he's clearly ambitious. We know that from when he's been on the program. It's always obviously going to help as well. You know, Sheffield being where they are and where he lives, etc. Yeah. Like you said off air, the big worry now is who will he take with him from Clipston? Well, this is it. Clip- will Clipston now be worried about what happens here? Yep. Because the, he's got players that they came and followed him from Staveley to yep. Clipston. You know, they'll, 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 they'll follow him to Sheffield. I as think well. so. Yeah. I mean, he, we talked about that on the program here, didn't he? How mm. you have a, a squad, if you like, that you move with you from mm. from, from club, club club to club. Clearly, you know, his goal scorer, you know, Dent is going to be one. Who you could imagine yeah, top scorer in, in the Premier Division. That's right. Got goals in in the last match, having been through a bit of a barren period. You would expect him to go straight away. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with Clipston over uh, the coming weeks. I said they go well, but we yeah. will. Have He's a left them in a the good game. place, though. Yeah, to be th- fair, exactly. He's seventh, I think they are, yeah. and probably not going to go much higher this season because they've played a lot more games and clubs around them. But you know, that's not a bad place to be. Literally. Yeah, I know. I know that uh, Jazz Culliver's uh, released a statement today. We're thanking the the yeah. Palings who were in charge there and saying that they hope that they'd left the club in a better position than when they arrived. And I don't think. There's anybody uh, that can, can no, you doubt can't disagree, that at all. Can you? No. No. Uh, SC Mansfield, they're at home to leaders Hemsworth tomorrow in Division One of the NCL. Eight points behind Hemsworth uh, in second, and then they play one game more. So really, I know you, you're probably going top two to get promotion, but if you want the title, I think you've got to say it's got to be a home oh, win for you, FC Mansfield. You think tomorrow, so? Isn't it? Yeah, and they, they dug out another win last week as well, didn't they? So yeah, definitely they've got to go for it. And you know, clearly ambitious club, you know. Mm. But it's you worry about the form a little bit. I mean, it was a, a last minute own goal that got them the points last Saturday I don't they're, worry about they're, that they're stuttering a little bit they are stuttering they? a little bit but you know if, if this is the bad period <laughs> and you're still winning <laughs> it doesn't matter does it and that's Fair a sign enough. of a club that's going somewhere isn't it that doesn't play well and gets last minute goals to win games Yeah. what about Shybrook as well uh, they did lose last weekend for the first time uh, since the start of December but they did win in midweek at Woodsborough and Good that's comeback, moved, yeah. Yeah, and they've moved up to third in the table yeah, so. which is incredible really yeah. but I mean and it's, I think I'm right in saying the, the defeat last weekend was the first away defeat Mm. of the season as well which is an amazing record isn't it to get past <laughs> Christmas and into the new year and not to have lost away from home but Ross Eagle as you'd expected from him a man with plenty of experience at this level is doing the business yeah, for them yeah most definitely and we've said you know they're one of the clubs one of the few clubs in our area to have a stuttering start to the season should we say but they're, they're timing it well I tell you what that would look brilliant next year if AFC Mansfield and Shybrook both went up that means you'd have in that division Clipston yeah. AFC Mansfield Rainworth with, and Shybrook yeah. all in that one division how many local derbies <laughs> is it a season you know eight, eight games to look forward to there it's like the old Central Midlands day yeah. Into. Uh, what about South Normanton as well? They're at home to Radford tomorrow. If you're out that way, that's a good game to go and have a look at because uh, second against third in the East Midlands Counties League, South Normanton, they're doing their business quietly, I think, yeah. aren't they? Nobody's particularly talking about them, are they? You know, they're not grabbing headlines anywhere, partly probably because of where they are. If, if we're honest, you know, they're not in the centre of Mansfield or somewhere else. You know, South Normanton does tend to get forgotten about mm. at times, but. If it is one up, up though from the East Midlands Counties League and they are far, yep. a, a bit of a way back but they do have games in hand on the top side yep. but Would you rather have points in the bag at this time of the season? <laughs> we <laughs> well, talk, we that talk that about that with lots of clubs that's right, yeah, yeah. They'll do okay, and they are doing okay. Yeah, yeah they're, they're home to Radford tomorrow, so uh, good luck to Selston, runaway yeah. leaders in the Central Midlands League. We'll yeah, keep up to date with everybody that's going on uh, in local non-league tomorrow here on Mansfield 103.2. And as we go through the weeks uh, towards the end of the season, we'll be hearing from all our local managers as we go through to what should be a thrilling climax for a lot of our sides, a lot of our sides chasing uh, promotion in their various leagues. Uh, cricket, the T20 is going on at the moment, uh, Tim. Uh, England, they, they went off like a house on fire. Alex Hales was mm. thumping them Left, right, and left, centre. Right and centre wasn't Twenty-seven uh, runs from twenty-one. The knots batsman, and then he went out, and then it, then it was a collapse. As soon as he went, just yeah. like the fifty-over internationals or the last three of them, you know, one wicket goes, and the batsman coming in just you know seem to look to get runs too quickly I know in 320 you haven't got time to take a look and set yeah. yourself but you can give yourself one ball or two balls rather than just throwing wickets <laughs> away and Morgan the captain a bit of a worry at the moment for me you know he's well, really I struggling for people, runs yeah, he wouldn't be in the, the team and saying yeah if he wasn't the captain he wouldn't be playing most definitely not what else Bring James it, what, Taylor in. Well, why not? You know, it's a ruthless business nowadays. T Twenty, mm. isn't it? You know, there was a big article in some of the papers this week. Is it the yeah, is it the new Test cricket? Is it the future of the sport? You know, has Test cricket gone? And in some ways, you, you have to say the answer to that is yes, because aside from England, England Australia, perhaps in, in Test matches, there isn't anything else that's pulling the crowds in. T Twenty is pulling the crowds in. And at the moment, it's a little bit sad. England have lost momentum. And I said, mm. saying to you off air, that's a big thing in sport, isn't it? And midway through that 50 over series, 
England, you know, yeah, throw away a game they should have won. They drop a catch in the fourth match. If they'd held that catch at the end, they'd have won the international, won the series. All of a sudden, they're on the downward spiral. Mm. England all out for 134 in the end. Yep. Only Josh Butler was uh, a high scorer with 32 for England. South Africa in 20, reply. 23 off. Well, they're in the fourth over now, so they just take. You know, they're not hammering it if you like. They're just taking the time. But that's all. They, you know, they don't need to do any more than that. No, I think they're favourites for oh, most definitely now. Yeah. yeah. Quick break when we come back. Sports talk. We'll uh, go past the six o'clock bulletin uh, with Tony Delahunty, and then we'll start talking the stags, and we'll talk about the sad news this week of the death of a legend, Johnny Miller. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com Sports talk on this Friday evening. On the ball means Stags now here on this uh, weekly look at local sport. Still not being played before games. <laughs> One day. <laughs> if, I win, if I win the lottery, that's my first change when I take over. Fair enough. Or if he wins the <laughs> weekly prize draw, yeah. top prize, yeah. we'll find out shortly. Here at Mansell, I don't know if 150 quid would uh, get you the club. I don't think John Rafford would be entertaining <laughs> me for that, do you? <laughs> You'd have to be a Jordanian family uh, to come along and uh, uh, try and take it over. But uh, uh, let's talk the stags, shall we? Because it has been a, a sad week in a, in a lot of ways for Mansfield. And, and one thing that really has shocked everybody is the, the sad news that Johnny Miller uh, has passed away at the age of 60. Uh, the dashing winger uh, was one of the Division 3 uh, championship winning side of 1977. That's the old third tier, yep. uh, by the way. Uh, taking the Stags into the second tier of English football for their only season. He was at the club for four years, stayed local after his retirement, was a taxi driver around our parts for many years. He was the special guest at the club's Evening With event last year, where he talked about taxi driving, his famous penalty miss, and why he became Peter Morris's first signing in 1976. I was with Peter at Ipswich, and then when he went to Norwich... About, uh, probably about eight to ten months afterwards, I went to Norwich with him also, because we had that combination that we could play together well. Uh, and from there, when he came back up here, he kept telling me to come up here, but I kept telling him that I wasn't going to, going to drop down from the first division then to what was the third, was it? Yeah. But he kept on and on at me, and I wasn't getting on very well with Mr Bond at the time. Um, so eventually I did come over uh, with Pete. Is there one particular match which stands out for you? Uh, I can remember a match, um, I think Kevin Randall was um, sent forward. Uh, and I think he scored four goals that day. Ready. Against Reading, was it? I think I made three of those goals from crosses of... <laughs> but then again, I used to make more goals than I used to score. As you can probably remember from the penalty, I'm, I'm well known for <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously... I did not find that ball. <laughs> Where did it end up, though? Were you told? I think it ended up in my back garden, just after I got to get Are you often reminded about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> and in more recent uh, times, of course, you, you've obviously stayed in the area. So how long have you been, had you been working uh, on the taxis locally? Oh, well, I start, I, when I um, packed in, um, I, was, um, I went into leisure management and I was in that 17 years. Um, and, I, and my last position was uh, over in Norfolk. Well, I, um, I then decided to come back uh, this way because my family was there. Uh, so I was looking for positions. Um, with it. I thought I'd try something different. I was going to do a lot of fundraising. I had a, quite a few interviews for fundraising positions. Um, but I, because I hadn't been actually doing that, although I'd done it all my, all my life, fundraising um, for help the aged and things like that and, and uh, for, for drug abuse, I did some uh, in Norwich as well. And I, I made, I put on um, various sporting events and dinners with comedians and things. So I enjoyed that, but I, I eventually uh, couldn't get a job in fundraising in this area. Sure. So my friend said to me, why don't you come and do some taxiing? So I said, 
you must be having a laugh. <laughs> he said, you think it's beneath you, don't you? I said, yeah. <laughs> but eventually, I was getting a bit bored, so I thought, well, I'll give it a try. And to be honest, because I was out and about and I was meeting people, and uh, I enjoyed it for two or three days a week. Uh, so I used to do it between three and four days a week, just to give me something to do and get out and about. Um, but I retired from that a year ago. <laughs> Yeah, you actually picked me up on Saturday night a few years back. And, oh, you uh, was the one that was drunk in my car. <laughs> no, 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 it was a lookalike, uh, I swear. Um, it's been fantastic to hear your uh, tales of yesteryear. Let's leave you with the last word. Johnny Miller. Well, I've enjoyed my evening, uh, and thanks for coming. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you, Johnny. That was Johnny Miller at last uh, year's evening with event. You can hear the whole thing on the club's official Stags player uh, subscription service. So let's hear from Mick Saxby, shall we? One of the players who played alongside Johnny Miller in the 70s, defender Mick Saxby, who told Man 2 on 3.2's Della Hunty earlier today uh, that the news of Johnny Miller's passing had come as a massive shock. I always remember him with a smile on his face, like the soul of the party, always laughing and joking. A story, a few months ago I was coming home from workshop after a night out. I'd been in the taxi about 10 minutes before I realised it was Johnny who was driving it. It was then his usual self, as I say, laughing and joking, recalling moments from the past. I really sad to think that's the last time I saw him. So when you were in the taxi, he didn't say, hey, you're Mick Saxby, and you didn't say that for 10 minutes. Is that right? About 10 minutes, Tony, before I even realised it was Johnny that was driving. He knew it was me. I was, I was a little bit under the, under the uh, influence of alcohol. Uh, as soon as he sort of spoke, I realised who it was, and it was the old Johnny. He'd be sadly missed by, by many. Did he keep his interest in Mansfield Town? He did from afar. He didn't see him down at many games, but I think he always looked, looked for the results. Always kept in touch with the old boys, Kevin, Colin Foster, and that type of thing. One of the many who came to Mansfield and after he finished playing, put his roots down in Mansfield, which just shows the type of place that Mansfield is. But just a te total shock at the moment, Tony, come right out of the blue. Do you have any particular memories of, of any match he played in in that uh, tilt to get into the into Division 1? A game against Tottenham in that Division 2 season. I mean, that's something that Johnny and I and only a few players will share, the fact that we played that one season in the highest position Mansfield have ever been in. And we played, I think it was Tottenham. We drew twice with them. They went on to walk the league and we actually drew twice with them. And if my memory is correct, Johnny missed a penalty in one of those games. Uh, but you can never be angry with John. He's got that silly look on, that silly smile on his face. And just, as I say, Tony, just total, total shocks at the moment. Now, he came and, as you say, settled in Mansfield. He'd, of course, tasted even the higher level of football, hadn't he? Because he played at Ipswich. First black footballer to play in Ipswich. That's right. He sort of followed uh, in Peter Morris's footsteps firstly at Ipswich where, where Peter was and then Peter went to Norwich and I think Johnny followed him there and then when Peter came to manage Mansfield Johnny was his first signing and I ventured to offer one of his better signings as well because we're talking about his qualities here as a man but we also got to remember is what a good footballer he was Johnny was easy ozy if you like I don't think he took football 100% serious because if he had done he could have played right at the top level he was always laughing and joking and it was always as though Football was a sort of sideshow, if you like, to his life. But if he'd uh, sort of knuckled down and committed to that 100% sort of dedication, he could have played right at the top level. He's been described by some as an exciting winger with a great pinpointed cross. What about that? Absolutely right. Yeah, I can see him now. He, he was well built, he was stocky. There's not many fullbacks knocked him off the ball. Good with either foot, stronger on his right. I can just see him going down the right hand, right hand side, just crossing balls for either Terry Eccles. Ray Clark to get on the uh, on the end of just a great great player and, and a great bloke as well. Mick Saxby, who played many, many games alongside uh, Johnny Miller uh, in the 70s. Let's get to Morris's view. We've heard the man himself speak, the great man himself. Yep. You could hear the sense of humour and, and why people liked him so much. You heard from Mick Saxby, one of his teammates. Tim Morris, as a, a fan of Mansfield Town in the 70s, what does Johnny Miller mean to you? Excitement. You know, like all, like all wingers, has been alluded to alre already, you know, he probably didn't fulfil his potential. How many times did you say that about a winger? Mm. But he was exciting to watch as a fan. You know, obviously it helped that he was part of a great and successful successful team but he worked hard for that team he wasn't somebody who disappeared from games as uh, Mick Saxby said he was a solid person but off the pitch my memories are just as strong as well you know p particularly when he finished I was a reporter at the Chad and I was working in Sutton when the Ashfield Chad started the edition there you know and bumped into him at Sutton Centre couldn't believe it that he was there <laughs> at Sutton Centre you know and he got time to speak to anybody you know you speak to anybody who bumped into him in those years then and he would talk football you know for, for hours and hours and hours with you mm. it was always a bit strange that you know, has been said that he didn't come back and 
with him living in the area for so long to, to watch many matches I don't know why that was whether you know he's one of those players who either if you're not playing you'd rather not watch I don't know but as a player he was fantastic and is, he said they crosses for centre forwards I also remember him scoring a fair few goals as well and with his head at mm. times as well I, I know he played a lot in non-league didn't he for a while I think he was yep. actually playing games into his 40s as well he was Blidworth manager for a while yep, as well right, so. yeah, clearly 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 loved the game but you know and as we said there he started at Ipswich you know he, he played in the first division he played mm. in the UEFA Cup he played under in Bobby the, Robson under Bobby Robson he played in the League Cup final for Norwich you know it, it was no mug it was a massive massive signing yeah. for Peter Morris to bring somebody down two levels and persuade him you know he got a future at Mansfield but he went on you know, to climb back up play in the second division again it's just unfortunate that probably injuries cost him as too many appearances yeah, in so that I think second made, division season. He played season. about 110 appearances, didn't he? When you yeah. think four years, it's not as many as we'd have liked to have seen. No, that's right. I think he scored something like 16, 17, 18 goals in that mm. time as well, but you're right. And I think he, he talked about on that evening with, if you go on uh, Stag's Player and, and listen to it, you know, he got serious, serious illness mm. you know, when in that season. You know, he got blood problems, if you like, and that's what curtailed curt- curt- his career. Yeah, also had bunions in the championship <laughs> yeah. winning season, which I think he said <laughs> meant to miss the, uh, the Wrexham game. He did, he did miss the Wrexham game three injury that's yeah. right bunions I don't know amazing we'll <laughs> <laughs> get that we get Wayne Rooney with bunions no, would you no, well nowadays they'd probably play through wouldn't you inject <laughs> you with everything and get you on the pitch yeah I think everybody will, will say where they were when they heard the news last night and when you hear it you think yep. crikey don't you 65 as we say is no age it's these no days. age these days no, and it just makes you feel sad that you know it, players from that era are now going to start dying because because that's life and that mm. makes yourself as a fan feel ev- even older. Mm, well, we know tomorrow there will be a minute silence yes, before yeah, the game, whether it'll turn into a minute's applause. I don't know because I think it's, yeah. it's, it seems probably a bit more appropriate to be a minute's applause tomorrow. But well, I, I think so because mm. he was that sort of a bubbly character. You know, when, when you read about him, I read today he said when he first got a bit of money at Ipswich under Bob Robson, the first thing he did, although his girlfriend or partner at the time wanted him to buy a house, was to go out and buy cars. He noticed he had an MG for a while and an Aston Martin, things, <laughs> things like that. You know, yeah. you know, he was a flamboyant person. Yeah. So there will be a minute silence uh, before the game tomorrow, and uh, all the Stags players will be wearing a black armband in remember uh, in remembrance of Johnny Miller and as soon as we know details about uh, his funeral when it's taking place we'll let you know here on Mansfield 103.2 also let you know uh, we spoke a couple of weeks back about a well known and well loved uh, fan Bob Madison who passed away recently Uh, his funeral is next Friday that's the 26th of February that's at 11.45am at Mansfield Crematorium followed by a wake in the Sandy Pate Sports Bar at the One Call Stadium all Stags fans are being uh, urged to go along and if you go along uh, to pay your respects you're encouraged to wear your Stags colours wear your Stags top and everything yeah, so fantastic. Bob Madison's uh, a Stags fan uh, that is well known from everybody uh, that's a funeral next Friday uh, the 26th of February 11.45am at Mansfield Crematorium followed by a wake in the Sandy Pate Sports Bar at the One Call Stadium Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2 and we come back we'll talk about things on the pitch shall we uh, the Stags beaten away at Plymouth last Saturday Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds and Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield UnitedCarpetsAndBeds.com Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2 in the cricket in the uh, first 2020 international between uh, England and South Africa it's a warm up for the World Tweet World Tweet 20 it's very nice tweet tournament it's one of those things World T20 tournament that's taken on next week uh, next month in uh, uh, India uh, England uh, 134 all out South Africa at the moment uh, after 8 overs 50 for 2 yeah. so they require well it's 54 for 2 now uh, after 8.1 overs so uh, South Africa requires 81 runs 71 balls remaining and wickets in hand that's right just like in the, the final uh, 50 over international they'll just get to about 20 or 30 away and then just smash the required runs off two or three balls <laughs> Tim's resigned to defeat already as yeah. always right let's talk Mansell Town shall we uh, one game too many said Mansell Town boss Adam Murray as the Stags went to second place Plymouth Argyle last Saturday where the gap between the top three and the rest was clearly shown <laughs> Plymouth take the free kick short, ball delivered into the edge of the Stags penalty area and Plymouth allowed to shoot with Brunt and it just goes agonisingly wide there. Benning heading towards the penalty area, cuts inside on his right foot, he will shoot, oh it's only just over the angle. Corner will be an outswinger from that far left channel, Stags managed to get something on it, Plymouth have it though, Wild with a ferocious effort and it's in the net, it's beaten Shearer this time, may have took a little deflection on route. But Wild has given Plymouth Argyle a 33-minute advantage here. 
Mansfield have 10 players behind the ball. In comes the free kick, very deep indeed. And was the man pushed to the ground there by Pierce? And it's a penalty to Plymouth. Brunt has the chance from the spot. And it's into the back of the net. Brunt sends it to the right side of Scott Shearer. It beats the Glaswegian. And on 36 minutes, Plymouth Argyle have a second goal. Ball tries to come into the penalty area. It's deep, it's headed off the post. And it's back into the goal area. And Stags get it behind for a corner. There's a free kick here for the Stags. Benning, he's going to dink it in. It's very deep, it's far too deep. But McCormick fumbles it on his goal line. And he almost patted it against his knees. And behind for a Stags corner. It's an outswinger with the left boot. It's deep into the penalty area. Tavazoli heads it forward, off the post. And claimed by McCormick. It almost went in slow motion there. So at half-time here, it's Plymouth Argyle 2, Mansfield Town 0. Corner and it comes towards Tafazoli, heads it forward off the line by Plymouth. Benning delivers the ball back in from the far left side. Maguire stabs it forward, but it's wide. Here's McHugh through the middle. That's a great ball into the area. Saved by the goalkeeper as the shot came in from Thurlcold from 12 yards. Ball comes back into the box and the header is saved again by Scott Shearer. Headed away by Plymouth. My fall for Maguire, who shoots well wide from 25. Worth a dip. Forster, he gets across into the box. It's a good one. And Wild shoots and it's saved by the goalkeeper Shearer with one hand. Here he continues in the post. He shoots. One handed save by Shearer again. This time to his right side. Jervis, level with the penalty area. Gets a deep cross in and Brunch has scored. Brunch's outstretched leg connects with the ball. Eight yards from goal. And it's beaten Scott Shearer. A classy move. You have to say Plymouth or a classy outfit. They lead 3 0 here. Carey, good cross and it's headed wide. And it's that man Brunt again with the header. Full time here at Home Park. Plymouth Argyle 3, Mansfield Town 0. Sometimes, Timmy, you just have to hold your hands up and say you're beaten by the, the far better side. And I think that was the case uh, at Plymouth on uh, yes, Saturday. Yeah, the gap yeah. between the, the leading sides and even fourth place downwards is massive, it's, isn't it's it? It's to- totally, totally diff- different level, if you like. They're playing at, helped, of course, by mm. the m- money in the club, you know, being a bigger club. And it, it didn't help Adam Murray's side that we had the midweek game. There's no doubt about that, but it's not an excuse. We, we were well beaten. I think we, anybody that was upset by that, though, shouldn't be. You know, I don't he, think any Wants to know, there wasn't, there wasn't a great outcry, this, yeah. was there? You know, a bit of a sense of perspective, if you like, should be how you know we've got as many points as we got last season, you know more goals more you know was it fourth fifth away defeat of the season mm. that was you know that's, that's phenomenal when you think about it for the middle of February yeah top three is going to be the top three now, now that's it? right it's Northampton Oxford and Plymouth are going to stay there now aren't they like you mm. say they pulled away a little bit there's enough of a gap now they, they look stronger yeah, you, know, you can't see them slipping up, you know, and it makes the point at Oxford look even better. Of course, that we yes. got the previous week. Does it? Do you think Adam Murray will have looked to those two? You probably would have known what's needed to get the Stags up to the next level, as far as he sees it for next season. You'll, yeah. you'll have seen, and you know, quite clearly you, what he you, needs. You've got to have more quality at the back, so you, you make, you're making fewer mistakes. Should we say you've got to have somebody who's going to control the midfield and control the game a bit more than we do at the moment? And then up front, if you get a chance, you have to take it. You know, mm. you, you can't expect to get ten chances and take one but having said that and as we just said off, off air then listening back to it again if Tafazoli's header had gone in at 2-0 2-1's two two a funny scoreline isn't it things could have been different definitely yep. right let's hear from Adam Murray the Stags manager of course spent the game in the director's box thanks to a one match touchline ban that he picked up in the home game uh, with Morecambe and he admits he didn't take to it at all hated every second of it um, no it was tough mm. it was tough it's I don't know as you, as you get older I'm guessing here as you get older as a manager it might be a little bit different but at the minute I've got too much energy to, to be sitting in the director's box um, felt a little bit out of control even though um, I know I trust Mickey and Coops in, in being down there it's um, realistically when the, the, the whistle goes you, you've got to rely on your players um, no matter really where you're sitting in the stand but it felt a little bit um, at a loose end it, it was tough but I was expecting to, to get a different view on it and maybe see some different pictures but it's nothing that I don't, I don't see when I'm on the touchline really nothing new that I went well, I didn't expect that to happen or blah 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 it was the things that I, I seen on Saturday from that view I see anyway so um, you probably saw how the other half lived during your match <laughs> yeah front, front sandwiches <laughs> nah I didn't like it I didn't like it and I, I'm 
going to have to not speak to officials again because I can't do that. <laughs> Did, were you in constant contact with Mickey and Coops on the touchline? Yeah, at times, but it, it's tricky. Obviously, they're, they're focusing on the game as well. They don't need me in the <laughs> rear because it, it, it does just... It takes the focus away from the job. And I think the, the bottom line that come out of Saturday was um, we need to get better in certain areas if we, we are to be a top three side, which... Um, if we want to be a top three side a lot's got to change but we'll, go, we'll push for that and the big thing for me is over the next few years like I keep saying I want to make us a continuously competitive team so every season we're doing what we're doing now um, we don't have run of the mill seasons or we don't have seasons where we're, we're fighting at the other end um, so it's important that games like Saturday we learn from even if it's a little thing we take from it and the players take from it um, and we can consistently get better that, that's the big thing for us and um, they're a very good team, Plymouth. They're, I knew they were good, but they were better than I thought. They're, I wouldn't say they're as good a football team as Oxford, but they're more clinical than Oxford. They're, they're very ruthless, uh, very efficient. Um, they're like a, a, a machine when they get going. And it's the X factor that, that told the difference. I think I watched um, when they played Wickham, and after about four minutes, Wickham put a corner in, got a look at the, the bounce, and it goes in from a corner. We had exactly the same first half and at the post and it comes back out. Then we have one that hits the crossbar, it's the keeper on the back of the head and comes back out and you're like, it's just one of them days today. You, you've got to get through it, learn from it and move on. Um, but fair play to Plymouth, you've got to hold your hands up sometimes and say, um, they'll get promoted. I think you can see that. I don't think I've ever seen you say what beat after a after a defeat, a 3-0 defeat as well as that. That shows just really in the grand scale of things where you, where you see it fits. Yeah, um, and I'm realistic. I, the thing that I've learnt to do over... I'm losing track now. Eighteen months I've been manager or something like that. Is you you have to keep a realism on wins and and losses. It um, we lost to Plymouth away. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not the end of the world. We're we're joint fifth on points. Goal difference has obviously dropped us to seventh, but we're having a great season. So it's it's about learning. It's not about beating ourselves up and saying, well, we're not as good as Plymouth, really. We're not as good as Plymouth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's a fact at the minute. We're not as good as Plymouth. Um, but what we are is a, a, a very good team. And um, if, we, if we get too low, if we lose to Plymouth, then um, it affects the rest of the season. So the, the boys know that there's certain things we need to get better at. I think the thing that disappointed us over the last two games, even though we were up against very good teams, we can see it as sloppy goals, mm. um, which is... That's the annoying bit because they were poor goals. As much as Plymouth did have some good play, they were poor goals. And um, on the flip side of it, you look at um, some of the opportunities, some of the the areas we got into. That we, we create some good uh, openings, and we we didn't either hit the target. We didn't test the keeper, killed a few pigeons. Um, and that's the difference. You you got to be better in them situations. And at the other end, you can't allow a yard in your box. Um, Watching the game back a few times, they didn't give us a yard in their box, and and at, at the other end when they got a yard, they finished it, and that's the that's the difference between the top three. Um, so fair play to Plymouth. We go again. Um, looking forward to the week. Looking forward to the weekend, and we've got some good games coming up. So. Let's get, let's get on it. Adam Murray speaking at this week's uh, press conference. Uh, some things that came out of that as well was the fact that he sent in an official complaint comp- uh, about the uh, the game against Morecambe where, of yep. course, he was sent off saying, really, the, the, he respects the two-way street and he felt that he didn't get it from the officials prior to his sending off. So he says, look, yeah, it's got to work both ways. Yeah. If if if, if I do what they do, I end up in the... Uh, you know, in the courts, in, in quotes, <laughs> that's right, the football courts. And the referee right, gets yeah. away with it uh, scot-free. Yeah. It's so. strange because he's saying it's not to do with the performance of the referee mm. du- during the playing action, if you like, during the game, isn't Although it? Although he had said uh, everyone has a bad day at the office. Yeah, but, that's what, that's what yeah. he said. But he said he wasn't complaining about that, yeah. didn't he? He was complaining about things that were said away from the the actual game itself, if yeah. you like, you know, or perhaps during the game, but not on, on the on the pitch, if you like, mm. moaning about the referee's decisions. It's a strange one. I think it's a battle he can't win. That, that's the problem, yeah. isn't it? You just, you just know the referees, you know, whether whoever's right or wrong, they're going to close rank, they're going to defend their own, and surely in, in the long run, all it's going to do is put some referees' backs up, you know, and they're not going to do us any favours because mm. they're only human at the end of the day. You know, for me... Much as it's difficult to do, you'd, you'd think you'd you know button your lip if, as much as you can as a manager when it comes to the match officials, and just because you know you're just going to wind them up and they're just going to add on an extra minute in injury time or something if, if there's a goal, you know, you're, you're drawing or you're only winning by one goal. 
Uh, oh, someone else who might be in trouble this week or next week, Adi Youssef. Uh, there have been <laughs> reports, uh, for a, a statement was made of allegations of him, shall we say, uh, spending a penny uh, whilst yeah. warming up in the first half of the game at Plymouth uh, on Saturday. Don't quite know how a full view this was or anything like that, but a, a complaint's no. been made. It was in the referee's report, so therefore they've got to investigate it. The club are aware of the investigation and it's currently going on, these allegations, but nothing has been said either way yet. No, it's just a story in a teacup isn't it you know, at the end of the day he sh- he surely he didn't expose himself in front of lots of fans if you like he presumably you know, got caught short and he, he went to a corner somewhere he thought was out of view mm. turns out it probably wasn't out of view of everybody but you can't imagine that anybody in this day and age is going to get upset by something like that why weren't they watching the football match why were they watching a substitute warming up you know, just beggars belief at times, and they won. Had Plymouth lost, and we'd upset them that way, and you know they'd look to get their own back by making the complaint. Well, yeah, I suppose that does happen, but very, very strange. Very difficult to comment on because we didn't it, we, we see didn't it. See it, it. That's right. Yeah, and, and as I say if he did do something wrong in full view of everybody, that, that, that's different. But that's not the indications we're getting at the moment. And we'll find out, I'm sure, as the days go on with that one. Uh, Dagenham Redbridge tomorrow, then home against the bottom side. Adam Murray called it a horrendous game. Banana skin waiting to happen isn't it because everybody says oh you're playing the bottom of the table team home win banker they are bottom of the table but they haven't won a home game all season all their points or the wins rather four four, whatever have come away from home they're Mm. not a bottom of the table team when they play away from home (laughs) they've got a really really good manager in John Steele got a lot of time for him a lovely guy knows his football inside out and as Adam Murray says they're going to be scrapping away just like we were this time last year making it really difficult for us we're going to have to be really 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 on top of our game can't be expectations tomorrow that you go there and roll them over that's right but it, it, it's yeah. not they're not like that away yeah. from home as I say and they've got pace on the break and we know it was a fantastic game down at Dagenham which was 4-3 I think we won yes, at the end didn't we yeah. you know, goals galore you can see goals galore again tomorrow well we'll wait and see what happens with that we'll get team news at around about 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon on rival coverage here on Mansour 3.2 Saturday sport from one Mansell Town looking to get Three massive points at home to Dagenham and Redbridge. Find out if they can here on the home of the Stags. When we come back, final part of tonight's Sports Talk programme, we've got the weekly prize draw. We're hearing from Mansell ladies manager Lewis Saxby uh, after his side got through to the semi-finals of the Notts County Cup. Took them a little bit longer than it looked like <laughs> yeah. it was going to take them at one point. Uh, we'll also have Morris's minute moan. Two moans for the price of Two. one this week. Yeah, is that allowed in the rules? <laughs> Let me just check the rule book, football league style. Let me check the rules. See if that's allowed. If it's the conference, it wouldn't be. And <laughs> <laughs> we've also got the sports talk predictor. Have you remembered you, your results this week? I, I haven't, but I, I remember that I didn't do very well. Yes, you did last very week well. once Trevor, again. Trevor triumphed again. Again, right. Yeah. Quick break when we come back. Will we get those uh, weekly prize draw results on this sports talk program? Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com. Welcome back to Sports Talk on this Friday evening. It's time for the Mansfield Town Weekly Prize Draw Results, sponsored by Mansfield Mobility Centre. A full list of prize winners, as always, will be on the club's official website, mansfieldtown.net. Fifteen winners this week, so let's go through them. Starting with a bottle of wine from the Mansfield Manor Hotel. That goes to 213 P. Jono. Bottle of wine from the sponsors, Mansfield Mobility Centre. 70 is the ticket winner this week, Sam Guy. A free round of golf for one person at Mansfield Golf Club, 462, that's Ronnie. A Mansfield Town Football in the Community Voucher goes to 372, Colin Bell. Family pass for Water Meadows in Mansfield goes to 50, and that's Bengal. A meal voucher to the value of £15 at the Black Bull in Mansfield goes to 193 Nige S. And a meal for two at the Railway Inn in Mansfield. Ticket winner this week is the winner, 126. Dave Townsend, the winner. Well done, Dave. Two bar meals at the King's Arms Pop Inn in Mansfield. That's 415 AHD. And a £10 Indian Mint Mill voucher, courtesy of the Mint Indian Restaurant in Mansfield, goes to ticket number 52, Mr. Vasey. A Sunday lunch, which is two courses for two people at the Lakeside in Plesley. This week's winner, 460 James Weaver. £20 meal voucher in the Crown and Anchor Barn Restaurant in Mansfield, 194 Nigess. And a £25 voucher for Frankie and Benny's, 136 Tommy Townsend. Top three this week, meal for two voucher in the Sandy Pate Sports Bar. 366 Alan Hunt two match day tickets 471 Mark and Mia and first prize this week which is £150 goes to 515 Marion Cecilia well done Marion Cecilia you've won that this week to claim your prize simply call in at the Stags ticket office you must have your winning ticket with you when you go or you can call 01623 482482 tell your own regular number and play automatically from just £1 a week that's this week's Mansell Town Weekly Prize draw 
Results, sponsored by Mansfield Mobility Centre. And as always, you can get the list of winners as said at the beginning on mansfieldtown.net. So you didn't get the 150 quid in the end. Again. You're not going to uh, buy Mansfield <laughs> Town with that. That's next week, yeah. <laughs> right, let's uh, be, let's talk a bit Stags Ladies, shall we? Uh, we haven't spoken about the, the Stags Ladies for a while. They had a, a big game at the weekend. Uh, they were through to the uh, semi-finals of the Notts County Cup after a 4-2 extra time win over Nottingham Forest Reserves uh, last Sunday. It was the latest victory for the Stagettes who were second in their league, uh, but boss, uh, boss uh, Lewis Saxby admits they should not have let Forest back into that game. 2-0 with about 15 minutes to go, and, and we were disappointed that we'd not we'd not scored a lot more I mean I think if if we'd have scored 7, 8, 9 nobody would have really battered an eyelid mm. um, but that's how it goes you don't take your chances and then they get half a sniff and before and it, you know it they're back in it and it was literally was half a sniff for yeah, them wasn't it just a, just a long punt upfield and they'd got a little quick girl up front who who we kept quiet all afternoon she's she's managed to come through and put it away and then two or three minutes later a girl's just put a foot through one on probably about 45 yards out from goal and the wind's took you into the top corner. And then pretty much for the... You, were, you, were you hanging on at that point? Because they'd have the momentum, wouldn't they, I suppose? And uh, they'd be, have the spring. Yeah, I was step. quite happy to get to extra time, if I'm honest, uh, which is strange when you've dominated a game for, for 80 minutes or so. But, um, yeah, they were on top. They, they, they then started chucking players forward. And we was quite happy to get to extra time and see see where we could go from there were you able then when the little break was to calm everything down and say right let's get back to this if you play the way you play you should normally you should win this quite comfortably was that was that the message you were trying to say to them yeah exactly I think it was just a fact of getting a foothold back on the game I think mm. everything got a bit frantic we got a bit frantic and started doing things that we don't usually do and before you know it the pressure's on us when really it's been on them all game um, so calmed them down I think we made a little tactical change as well in terms of our shape and then um, it settles back down a little bit. We had a couple of goals in extra time, winning 4-2 in the end. Yeah, we ended up scoring two in extra time and, and, and sealed it, so <laughs> happy days. What was it like to be on the touchline that game then? Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. I think for 80 minutes it was a pleasure to watch. It's still frustrated that we haven't scored, but at times we were the best we've been all year. And um, Like I said, we could have scored eight or nine or ten and, and nobody had batted an eyelid. And then that last ten minutes we've we've put ourselves back in it that's cup football for you though isn't yeah. it yeah exactly we've all seen it before so but the main thing is, is we've recovered and we've got got away with it without getting to penalties which was a bonus so that was two wins in a week because you beat Arnold as well in the league so momentum is beginning to build a little bit yeah I think I think we're about four or five unbeaten now again um, after the Bedworth defeat uh, midweek we weren't happy <laughs> we've, we've won I think we've come away winning 2-0 and I said it was probably one of our worst performances in terms of the way we played but in terms of character and, and getting through games, maybe this time last year when, if it had been Saturday, we would have been talking about us getting beat. But they showed grit and determination and we got through it. And that was a, a rare game on the one-call surf, main surface as well. Yeah, it was. It was nice to get back out on there. To be, we, we look a different side when we're on there, to be fair. The way that we play, it's, it's a nice big pitch and, and we pass it about, so we make teams look silly at times. Yeah. Back to the County Cup, of course, you played the Forest Reserves. You're now going to play the Forest Ladies' first team in, yeah. the, in the semi-final. Now, they're a good side, aren't they? Yeah, they're a very good side. They, I think they're second in the league in two leagues above us. They look like they're, they're pushing promotion for the WSL next year. Mm. They're in the fourth round of the FA Cup, County Cup semi-final, they're a very good side. I think it'll be the first time this year we've probably not been favourites to win a game. Um, so we're going to have to treat it differently, we'll approach it differently. But who knows, who knows, it's cup football's cup football and especially if we can get them at, at the one call, it'll be a nice, nice game to see. Yeah, it's home advantage, isn't it? And you'd, you'd hope that you'd be able to do that, I think. Yeah, I think, I think if we can get them at the one call and, and get a few people down, I mean, we believe there were about 100 there when... Arnold on Wednesday night so I think if we can get Forrest down there we'll get a bigger crowd than that get people behind the girls and, and let's see where we can go and look anything's possible we're a good side we've said this before we've we've beat Forrest before um, so anything's possible and and let's see what we can achieve and this weekend you're away at Rise Park are you still hopeful again that first place because Long Eaton have, have pulled away a little bit haven't they in recent weeks yeah Long look it, we, we've let it slip ourselves we've got nobody else to blame apart from ourselves I think reaching top spot now is probably going to be difficult. I think we're nine points behind um, level on games. They've got to drop three games. We've we've just got to win all ours. And I said said after we got beat at Bedworth, if we win every game from now till the end of the season, that's all we can do. 
wherever we finish, we finish. It's a case of just now doing as much as you can do and hope that other sides slip up a little bit along the way. Yeah, I mean, we, we need some big results. They've still got some t- big teams to play, and I think I said a few weeks ago, if you look at the fixture list between ours, Long Eaton and Bedworth, you'd take ours every day. We've, we've got the, the bottom half to play where Long Eaton and Bedworth still got to play each other. Uh, Netlam's got to play both of them again. Kettering's got to play them both. Notts County's got to play them both. Um, and I think out there we've just got Notts County and, and Nettleham really, who are still mid-table. So, yeah. In terms of the fixture list, we've probably got the better one. They've got points on the board, which is what matters really there we go it's that old <laughs> sort of again isn't it it's the the points on the board situation yep. <laughs> and only one goes up from their league so that yeah, shows just how tough it is that's definitely tough isn't it and he's it right all they can do now is try and win every game they literally probably do have to win every game to have any sort of a chance but you probably can't see the, the teams above dropping enough points for them what about this county cup then I mean it's a semi-final against a side in the yep. third tier Nottingham Forest's first team uh, they're gunning for the uh, women's super league they're, they're, looks like they're going to go up into WSL 2 for definitely, next season so right, yeah. they are a great side but as uh, Lewis was saying yeah, it's a level playing field when it's a, that's a right. and, w- and will they be that bothered about the County Cup game mm. of course because they've got bigger fish to fry got at the Cup, moment they? exactly the as, w- as well as the league yeah. that's right so you know great chance for Manson to make a name for themselves and in, like he said they could get it to be played at one call fantastic yeah let's uh, hope it's uh, a win in that and good luck to them at Rise Park on Sunday right we're getting towards uh, that time of the week which Tim loves <laughs> he, he waits for this every- in fact uh, when we get to the end of the show on a Friday you can't wait the countdown begins for the next one it of does. these you're right Morris's Minute Moan. I don't totally agree with him. It's just down to greed. Oh dear. Well, she's either angry or drunk. Dear, oh dear. Why are we playing this game? We don't need to play it. Dear, dear, dear. I would throw them both out. It's obscene. It's a disgrace. Some people just moan for the sake of it. And I think you're bending <laughs> the rules a little bit tonight because you're saying you've got two moans. I have, yes. Why not? The rules are there to be broken. <laughs> oh dear. Well, we'll wait and see. On this occasion, I may allow it. We'll see, yeah. If it's too much, I might quickly just use your, your off, microphone yeah. off and say that's enough of that. <laughs> Morris has many moans, 60 seconds to talk about something in the world of sport in the past week that has really, uh, really, you know, angered Tim Morris. Let's find out what it is, Tim. Your mate starts now. Right, yeah, I'm going to break with tradition and have two moans this week. Yeah, break with tradition like the Premier League and the FA who are discussing scrapping FA Cup replays and all the history and drama and romance of that. Break with tradition like Ronnie O'Sullivan in Snooker, who now thinks it's okay for sportsmen and women not to give their best all the time for the paying fans. O'Sullivan deliberately passed up the chance of Snooker's Holy Grail, a maximum 147 break, by potting a pink instead of a black because he thought the bonus prize money, £10,000, yeah, £10,000, Mr. Ronnie, was not enough. Of course, he was still picking up his sponsorship and appearance money on top of that. Obviously, he had no thought for the fans watching, no thought for the fans who had a bet on him. I wouldn't say no to 10 grand. Probably the FA would though and certainly the Premier League because scrapping FA Cup replays will be another financial nail in the coffin for clubs outside of the top two divisions. Think of the money Exeter and Cambridge received from their recent replays with Man United. The bosses say there are too many matches. What they mean is they want the rich to get richer. I will let you have those two this week. First of all, because of Mr. Ronnie. You, you, you Basil Brush or something like that. Boom, uh, boom. And uh, you make a very good point about the FA Cup as well. Uh, I think it will be the, the nail in the coffin if it, it does happen. It will be the nail in the coffin for the competition. You know, I mean, it's bad enough when they cut down on the replays. They said one replay only. Mm. It's bad enough that they're talking about saying... Oh, back to the old days when there used to be six exactly. replays and things and that, like that. that. That created the interest. And, you know, all, basically all they're saying, they're saying there's too many matches, so what do we do? We'll hit the lower league clubs to allow the top clubs to have better chances in Europe. But and that's all it's about. It's about the coefficient and keeping four Champions League places. That is all they're interested well, in. Well, we've had Manuel Pellegrini again today say, I'm going to put out a weekend side on Sunday yeah, but I've got every Chelsea w- because the Champions League is a game played I've on the got, Wednesday. I've got sympathy with him to some point but why have the FA allowed the TV company to schedule his game when they have done? Why didn't they say play it on the Friday night? Mm. Why in the earlier rounds of the FA Cup do we have matches on television on a Friday night and that could have been slotted into there would have been really helpful instead of which when you get to the later rounds oh no we'd rather play on Monday for some matches. Yeah. Crackers. Absolutely why, crackers. Why then are they de- doing this with the FA Cup? What The League Cup for instance is exactly. becoming more and more of irrelevance. Yep. Just get rid of the League Cup. I would, or, I would, I would agree. Get rid of it. Or make the League Cup just the Football League and possibly the Conference. So possibly, the Premier League yeah. don't have to worry Bring about the it. Bring the Conference into it and create a bit of interest that way so they're playing League league, uh, league clubs. Yeah, g- great idea. You're right. Why the FA Cup has been singled out as 
you know, got to be altered again. Mm. You think of the great ties in the past, you know, going back to my era, Hereford, uh, Newcastle, the Ronnie Radford goal, you yeah. know, where everybody of a certain age remembers, that was a replay. That would be long gone. But the you problem know, you've got, though, now, Tim, is you talk to people that are not of our generation, the younger generation, yep. not interested in the FA Cup, not interested in the slightest. Champions League, that's all that matters. The FA Cup does not anymore hold the, you yep. know, the, the, the... And I agree to a certain point, you're right, and that the problem for that probably is too many matches on television, live, the fact that you can see every goal from every game and whatever. I just think people's it perspective have changed. The, the FA interest. Cup is not, not of interest anymore. So why don't they get their heads around the table, and the Premier League probably won't agree to this ever, and say the FA Cup winners go into the Champions League. Mm. All of a sudden, there will be an awful lot more interest in it. The other thing they could do is cut the number of teams in the Premier League to what everybody else has in Europe, That's but right. that won't happen. That won't exactly. Never happen. Because, you know, the bosses are too greedy. They want mm. the income from the extra two matches, even though, as we talked about last week, the actual matches themselves and the admission prices is, is, is a drop in the ocean to them. Good, that one. Uh, and Ronnie O'Sullivan loved it. I thought it was, it was typical yeah, Ronnie O'Sullivan. He's agree. obviously bored of the competition yeah. and the tournament and he's, and he's decided I agree to step with the you. fires a little what, bit. What um, disappointed me even more about it was afterwards, when he thought about it for a day or two, and probably had Barry Heard in his ear, he mm. then tried to give an interview justifying what he did by saying, well, actually, all the ex-great players would have said the pink was the better ball to go for than the black, <laughs> and I was really aiming for the highest break uh, top score competition rather than getting a one four seven. I'm sorry, that was a load. But well, it was rubbish. interesting that the people ra- you know rallied against him. You had uh, players. I know Ali Carter said, "Why didn't he do yep. it for charity?" Like I know he's uh, he suffers from Crohn's disease. Says, yep. "Give it to a Crohn's disease charity." You got Barry Hearn saying it was disrespectful. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. I mean, it, Ronnie Sullivan said, "After he, I was in the zone, so you don't think about things mm. like that." Clearly, he does because he thought, "Thought, oh, how much is this for?" And he clearly <laughs> asked, didn't he? Once he found out before, well, before making the decision. I yeah, he said before with a one four seven. There's always not taking it because the prize money wasn't big enough not, as well. Why didn't he but just say, I'm not going to I'm going to give it to charity, make a point to say, the halfway mm. through that break, if I get this, it's going to X, because mm. I don't think it's enough. But, but Ronnie O'Sullivan's great for this, isn't great. he? Great. I don't, I don't want him to ever stop playing, I don't <laughs> want him to change the way he is, because we need characters, as we talked about the other week, when I was talking about Alex Higgins and that uh, BBC play, you know, about... about the fact that Barry Hearn at the time admitted he needed characters like him because you mm. need it for TV look at the publicity he's got out of it yeah. Barry Hearn's probably rubbing his hands a and so the Welsh Open yeah. and the sponsors yeah. people probably wouldn't know the Welsh Open was going exactly. on until that yeah. was there but yeah so there we go so you did break with tradition and we'll allow it on <laughs> this one occasion yeah. very very kind of you <laughs> <laughs> Sports Talk Predictor here on Mad 2 3.2 our final part of our Sports Talk programme as it is every week Enjoying the guitar riff that was played by Tim Morris, wasn't it? That was, you, you did the original recording of that. Yeah, didn't you know? No, no, no. It was me. I'm going to say, yeah. It was me that commissioned it. <laughs> My musical ability. Anyway, sports top predictor. Shall we go through these uh, four games every week? We talk about myself and Tim. Uh, we predict the scores from games that are upcoming, and we pit our wits against a random number generator to see if our knowledge is as good as just numbers being plucked out of the air. And well, for one of us, it, it's going all right <laughs> at this moment in time, shall we say? You kick your man when he's down. <laughs> he's still down there, Tim. Yeah. Uh, because last week, it's uh, three points if you get the correct score. Uh, if you get the correct result, you get one point. So if you say someone wins and they win, you get the point. If you get the correct score, you get three. Uh, I got four points last week because I said Arsenal would beat Leicester 2-1. Uh, Trevor got three points because he predicted that Alfreton would win 3-1 at FC United of Manchester. Yeah, great, great prediction. And you got one point, Tim, because you said that <laughs> Arsenal would beat Leicester. Yeah. Everything else was wrong. Yeah, but as, as Eric Morecambe once said, you know, playing, you know, I'm playing, I'm getting all the right scores and the right number of goals, <laughs> just not necessarily in the right order. Tim, you're bottom with 60 <laughs> points. Trevor second with 62. I'm on 68. Good evening, Trevor. <laughs> right, let's get into these ones, shall we? Four games, as always. First of all, uh, in the championship tomorrow, uh, Brentford against Derby. Let's start with Trevor. Please, oh, here we go please, again. Please, please. Please, I think Trevor's please, lost it. No work. No work. No. <laughs> Got there in the end. Nil-nil, he said <laughs> as well. Uh, I've gone for a 2-1 victory for Brentford. I can't see Derby getting out of this problem. Well, I've gone 2-0 Brentford, but it'll be just like Derby to uh, <laughs> get something. Uh, Mansell Town's youth side, they're at home to Bradford City <laughs> youth side. I think that's been played at Clipston's ground tomorrow yeah, morning at 11 yeah. o'clock, because uh, uh, Rainworth are at home. I've gone 3-1 victory for Mansell Town. Tim? 2-2. Two, two. Oh, dear. Steve Hymas will be after you. Like uh, Trevor? Ah, Trevor knows which way is uh, bread's buttered as well. He said a 3-2 victory. Uh, Rainworth minus welfare against Tadcaster Albion. Tim? 
One, three, and please, Gordon, don't pin it up in the dressing room. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he will do. Uh, my I've said three, two to tag Caster. Uh, what do you think, Trevor? One, two. Oh, it's clean oh, sweep. Clean He's sweep. two, one Not as well. Not many points to, to be uh, gained in the table that way. And on Sunday, uh, Chelsea against Manchester City in the FA Cup, uh, despite, uh, well, because I, I did this before Manchester City and Man- Manuel Pellegrini said they'd have a weakened side, uh, so I've gone two nil Chelsea anyway. Trevor, what do you think? One, three. 3-1 win to Manchester Crikey. City. Trevor? Uh, uh, not Tim! 1-1. <laughs> <laughs> one, one. One, one, no John said, Terry. So there will be a replay Chelsea. in that one. Yeah. Oh, they'll, they'll be delighted <laughs> with that really one. will be really happy with that, won't he, Pellegrini? Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out how those go and we'll let you know next week here on Sports Talk. From me, Jason Harrison, Tim Morris, until the end of the show next week, Phil Walker will be in uh, talking charity matches that are coming it's up. that time of year again. Uh, yeah, and, Doesn't uh, seem two minutes since last year. And I'm sure it? we'll talk a little bit about Chesterfield as well. Sports Talk, Camas, 103.2, Saturday Sport tomorrow. Unrivaled radio coverage of the Stags at home to Dagenham and Redbridge. For me, Jason Hand from Tim. Have a great night and we'll see you next week. Good night.